Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. My iPhone alarm clock is just the sound of my spurs, a jingling and a jangling. It's high noon for Wednesday, September 2nd, 2020. And hallelujah, Los Angeles is now able to reopen salons at 25% capacity. And we can thank Nancy Pelosi, in a rare instance, who became an accidental hero of the lockdown skeptic crowd by going to a salon herself that was closed without a mask, of course. And there's video and pictures of her walking through this salon, which you are not allowed to do. And if you own a salon, you're not allowed to have it open unless it's for Nancy Pelosi or Gavin Newsom or Eric Garcetti or, you know, celebrities because the rules are not for them. The rules are for you. And this is what's called a free rider problem. They can do what they want. As long as you do what you're told. The free rider problem is basically socialism. It's that you get the use of things that you don't contribute to. So in this case, I'm making the parallel saying that they are allowed to abstain from contributing to what they call a national health crisis so long as everyone else does it. And that is the height of hypocrisy 
for people who are blaming Donald Trump for whatever the number of deaths now is related to coronavirus, claimed to be related to coronavirus. Those are all Donald Trump's fault. And those are the fault of people who would refuse to wear their masks. Even though masks don't do anything, which is proven again and again and again by actual data based on studying similar communities who implemented mask policies and had the same results as places that didn't implement mask policies, including Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego. They all have the same results, same curves, even virtually the same peak dates. They did have different mask policies because, of course, masks do not do anything. It is so silly that we are still pretending that lockdowns worked. Peru had a military enforced lockdown for months. And Peru is now one of the worst places in the world for coronavirus. Why do we have to keep pretending when we know the people who are pushing the narrative on us do not themselves believe it? The idea that Trump is stupid and Trump has no idea what's ever going on and that we have all this special information because we listen to the experts is crazy. So much of the problem with the narrative right now is based on the idea that everything Donald Trump does and says is stupid. And if you still believe that after all this time, I think maybe you're lying to yourself or the stupid one is you. Because regardless of what you say about his business practices and his successes or failings, he figured out how to become president of the United States. That is something that only 45 people have ever done in the entire history of the United States. And many more than that have tried. Most of them tried with the full machinery of government behind them instead of opposed to them. The fact that Trump has been able to navigate these waters for five years with the entirety of the old guard trying to stop him is an impressive feat of human intelligence and ingenuity. There is no way that a stupid person can do that. And to think that he's just fumbling around blindly and doesn't know anything and the things that he says are just false is insane. It's insane. Does Bill Gates lie? Does Jeff Bezos lie or Bezos or whatever it is? I usually say Bezos. I don't know why I said Bezos right there. Does Mark Zuckerberg lie? Does Jack from Twitter lie? Or are all these people perfectly moral, perfectly good, perfectly honest people? I would suggest to you that they are liars. And the way we know that is because we've seen them lie before and we've seen what they're doing and we're seeing and we've seen how it always plays to their advantage. 
that is an indication that regardless of their honesty, they are indeed smart people. They know how to manipulate complicated systems. That is not something dummies can do. And if dummies could do it, we'd have a lot more dummies being very rich. Which is not to say that sometimes people get rich in unwarranted ways or they get lucky or they rob people. Those things all happen. But there are drug lords who are extremely smart and competent people. That is unrelated from whether or not the thing they're doing is good or bad. But the idea that Donald Trump can make his way through a presidential election with everything trying to stop him. And then three and a half years of his presidency with things being not too bad. Well, three years and two months, I guess we should say before things got bad. You can do all of this as a stupid person with every single powerful force in the world trying to stop you. No, you can't. You cannot be a stupid person and do that. We are way past the point of thinking that this is all luck, that it is all foreign interference, that it is all conspiracy. And I look at people online you know, some of these like never Trumpers, people who I really believe are genuinely intelligent people like David Frum, who are nonetheless wrong all the time and not punished for it. They're lionized by the media and by other smart people because he's saying the things that they want to believe. And he has enough knowledge and intelligence and background to be taken seriously. And I do take him seriously. I just think he's wrong. And I think his track record shows that he's wrong again and again and again and again and again. From way back at the Iraq war and the Iraq war still is very present in the common conversation now because many of the people who strongly oppose Trump from the center or the right were people that got that entirely wrong. And they're getting it entirely wrong for the same reason that they're getting things entirely wrong now. It's because they're using motivated thinking. They are confirming what they want to be true rather than attempting to extract truth from the world. This is everywhere now. And it's funny because people can see it when Donald Trump does it. In fact, they make up all kinds of scenarios about Trump doing it even when he isn't. He went to Kenosha yesterday and people freaked out. Because he made it very clear what happened there. He toured the rubble. He toured people's businesses that they've had for their whole lives that have now been destroyed by the mob. He sat down and did a roundtable where he spent time thanking all the many public officials in Kenosha who had been pleased with his help that he sent immediately once they requested it. And the violence in Kenosha stopped immediately. That is how functional government works. When confronted with an anarchist nihilistic mob that wants to destroy everything. 
Port- Portland's Mayor Ted Wheeler might take a lesson from Kenosha. But of course, rather than that, the day after he gets his building attacked by these mobsters, <laughs> mobsters, I didn't really mean to say that, uh, rioters, a mob. I don't think that they're like actually tied to uh, Italian uh, mafia. That would be amazing, though. But that doesn't mean that they're not organized crime. So maybe I wasn't too far off because they are organized and they're clearly criminals. But they were firing fireworks up into his building, trying to set his apartment building on fire. There's 114 units in that building. But it's worth it. Just burn the whole fucking thing down, right? Because you care about lives. Lives matter. Lives matter. Unless they are sharing a nice apartment building with the Portland mayor. And then lives can go fuck themselves. So Trump did the roundtable. I suggest if you haven't watched one of these before, if you haven't uh, watched Trump run a meeting before, this is a great one to check out. So is the one where he met with the, uh, the representatives of the police unions around the country. He sits there. He listens to people's problems. He tries to understand their problems. And then he tells them that he's on it. And he tells people in the room from his staff and whatnot that they need to remind him to, to look into that or that they need to look into that. Or he'll say, you know what? We're going to make sure to help you out. And there are videos of him literally offering his own financial assistance to people. And there are stories of him doing this in the past. There's a great video that I only saw yesterday. It came out in June by a reporter named Liz Crokin, C-R-O-K-I-N. You can look it up on YouTube. And it's these stories of Trump before he ran for president, helping people out. And the news articles that accompany those actions back when they happened. The idea that he is some long-term racist and criminal is utterly insane. And if it's not insane, why was he given a TV show by a major network when they certainly knew his, his past with the Central Park Five story and everything else? They just decided to make him extra famous with their hit show. It is too late now to still believe the central narrative. I don't know how anyone still does. How many times would a person in your life have to lie to you before you stopped trusting their word. Even if you didn't like kick them out of your life, even if you understood that they're given to the occasional fib, how long before you stop taking them seriously, stop taking their word as gold. I know which people are in my life 
who struggle telling the truth, especially when it's opposite of what their actual goals are. And a great way of understanding this is knowing whether or not the thing that they're saying speaks to a, an actual connection with reality or if it's speaking to an emotional need that they have. Because people who have an emotional need but don't want to admit to the emotional need will often go find theoretic arguments to support their case. That's why so often we see people trying to debunk things online and their debunkings take thousands of words because the explanation is too complicated to relay simply. When someone does that, they are making it up. If they are consistently hammering on a point that something is false and they're supporting it only with all these elaborate, indirect proofs, that is not something worth trusting. If Trump was actually a racist, and by the way, maybe he is, maybe he is fine. I, you know, I don't think that he is. I think that he has certainly said fucked up things that are now qualified as racist. But if your best examples are the Charlottesville lie, which we know is a lie, the kids in cages lie, which we know is a lie, the Central Park five thing, which is totally misrepresented. And things like the China virus. Or saying that his referring to MS-13 gang members and human traffickers as animals and vermin. If those are the ways that we're proving Trump is racist. That's insane. But that really is what most people rely on to prove that. And why? Well, the why is because they don't have any simple legitimate reasons to say so. So they have to concoct elaborate reasons based on things like critical race theory, which itself is totally corrupt and dishonest. We are all smart enough to know genuine bigotry when we see it. And we should be able to describe it in simple terms. We shouldn't have to go through the annals of history to find different issues we can misconstrue to prove our case. But this is common now. This is what they do on every issue. They even do it on stories they write. We have now, you know, those new CDC statistics that came out showing that only 6% of coronavirus deaths didn't have multiple comorbidities and or didn't have any comorbidities, sorry. Which is not to say that only six of those are real coronavirus deaths. Coronavirus can complicate a lot of things and 
actually cause death itself where the person wouldn't have died had they not contracted coronavirus. And I think that that's where we should be that that's the instance we should be concerned about, not simply whether or not someone was perfectly healthy and got killed by Corona or coronavirus. I was almost called it Corona death. Which would be fucking sick. It's metal as fuck. Um, we do not need for it to be only a healthy person killed by coronavirus to be concerned about the coronavirus. But when we think about how many of those people were near or at the end of their lives, people in nursing homes, people in hospice and long-term care, who already had significant comorbidities, other major issues they were dealing with, and then just also happened to have coronavirus, then we understand that there is a huge portion of the coronavirus death toll that was not caused by coronavirus. And they know that, and the data shows that. This is not a conspiracy. You can simultaneously believe that coronavirus is indeed capable of killing people, but not responsible for the number you see. And the truth is that we measure whether someone has coronavirus in a different way than other countries do. That New York Times report over the weekend about how your positive test doesn't actually mean that you have coronavirus and that that accounted for 90% of the positive cases, which again is not to say those people didn't have it, but by Germany's standard, 90% of them wouldn't have had it. So what do you do with something like that? Well, that either means that ours is massively overblown or that Germany's is massively undercounted. But they can't both be accurate. And that's the point, because everyone has assumed this entire time that all these numbers are representative of exactly what they think they're representative of. And exactly what the mainstream news tells them they're representative of. At some point, this has to matter. Because if 90% of our tests could have been inaccurate by the same standards that Germany uses for theirs, Germany being one of the quote unquote best responses. The argument that they outperformed us by leaps and bounds really does fall away. And many of us have been saying this stuff for months. And while it's nice to see the things that we are that we were saying confirmed now, it would have been way nicer to have those things taken seriously five months ago. When people like me and various other people on the internet 
and in the world of medicine and in the world of virology and epidemiology, it would have been wonderful for them to have been taken seriously because some of them are world-renowned doctors. One of them is Scott Atlas, who's now advising the White House. And what does the media do? Now Scott Atlas is a conspiracy theorist. Scott Atlas happens to be a better expert than Anthony Fauci, who is a career politician and has been in a political role for 36 years. Now Scott Atlas is lying. These guys have been right about what the IFR is. They've been right about what can and cannot stop the disease. And by the way, nothing can stop it. They can slow it down temporarily to preserve hospital capacity, which is what they did. That was what everybody agreed to. Two weeks, 15 days to slow the spread. And then they changed that because now our goal is to prevent every death everywhere while increasing death everywhere and crippling our children for the future. It's awful. And now Joe Biden's out there touting that he was ahead of the curve and ahead of Trump in his coronavirus response. And of course, he had no coronavirus response. Joe Biden had a rally in Los Angeles. I think it was March 11th. And then he had one more on March 15th. On March 15th, he was encouraging people to go out and vote if they did not have symptoms. To go out and vote in the primaries. And now the general election is too dangerous to vote in, even though the curve has collapsed everywhere. There are no current hotspots in the United States. This is corruption. It's dishonest. The only thing in reality that these sorts of instances track is the central narrative. Because the central narrative moves and shifts to whatever plays to their advantage. You don't just get to be wrong and dishonest for five months and then say that you've been right the whole time and that the information just came out. It did not. People think the, C the CDC statistic just came out. CDC statistic. It's kind of a tongue twister. Or maybe just for me. But you don't get to do that. Now the experts say these things, but then other experts come on to say how those things don't matter so that they can preserve their position while they block people on Twitter who argue with them. These are not the smartest people in the world just because they have initials next to their name. We have Andrew Cuomo saying that they have lost, that they can't locate the nursing home records and they need until November 5th to find them, two days after the election. Oregon's governor, Kate Brown, 
yesterday said that their emergency order is going to end on November 3rd. How convenient. They're not even trying to hide it. They need the emergency powers. This shit is crazy. I mean, I was I was switched over in California to permanent mail-in balloting. Why? When did this happen? Who did it? Was it Donald Trump trying to trick us all with his dastardly election tricks? It sure as hell wasn't me. I switched it back. I am damn well voting in person. Partly because I actually enjoy the process of voting in person. I like to go to the poll. I like to see people out there voting, standing in line, exercising their rights and their duty as American citizens. Caring about what the result is, even if they disagree with me. I don't care if they're canceling out my vote. I'm canceling out theirs too. It's how it works. Until there's not enough people to cancel out one side. And then that person's the winner. Your vote matters. 78,000 votes between three states, right? Isn't that what we remember? Or 70,000 or 80,000, something like that. I think it's 78. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania in 2016. Are you telling me there weren't 10,000 people in one of those states who didn't feel dejected by the process, who didn't want to wait in line, who found it too difficult, so they left their fate up to everyone else? Do you want to be one of those people? I mean, you can be. I don't want to be one of those people. I enjoy participating in the process. I vote in midterms. I vote in local elections as many as I can. I'm sure I've missed a few here and there. I was even out of the country in 2008, Obama and McCain. And before I left the country, I drove down to like Orange County or some shit. It's down off the five. I don't know where it is. It was almost Orange County if it wasn't Orange County. But nobody knows those places joking. But I drove down there a few days early. I stood in line for half an hour or so because there was a ton of people there. And I voted. And then I went out of town. And my candidate won. Hallelujah. But I didn't skip voting. I didn't decide it was too hard to drive to vote. I went and voted. And where did the mailbox conspiracy go? They just forgot about that. That was only a couple weeks ago. That was two, two weeks ago. Was it either right before or right after the Democratic convention? Probably during it because they wanted to repeat their conspiracy theory on air. Like these people have no business calling other people conspiracy theorists. Your vote is being compromised before your eyes. And it is not Donald Trump doing it. And of course, they've reverted back from the 
mailbox nonsense. Now they're just saying that Donald Trump and his his words are trying to suppress the vote. The Democrats are the party of projection. They're basically accusing everyone else all the time of the thing that they are doing. Calling everyone racist. Nope. That's the most racist party that has ever existed. It always was. It always will be. Because the philosophy itself relies on the division of groups and creating power imbalances and emphasizing them to form coalitions of the oppressed. And so if the coalition of the impress of the oppressed is actually too small to win elections, then you just simply have to either oppress more people or convince more people that they are oppressed and nothing can be more destructive to the human soul than being constantly told that you are oppressed and have no ability on your own to create for yourself a better life. Guys, if you're liking the podcast, please share it with some friends. Please, please, please go to iTunes, give it five stars or, you know, punish me with one star like the people on the internet do. Write a review. It takes two minutes. And uh, follow at I'm Your Moderator on Instagram and Twitter. And I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. You should listen to more Hopes Fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at I'mYourModerator.com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. 
I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!